You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Crypt Top C, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians and we talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope that you guys had a great week. I have had a great week. The holidays are coming. We all got to relax a little bit. We got to take it easy. Don't let the stresses of the holidays get to us because sometimes the holidays can be stressful, but it's important to remember what they're about. They're about family, about love, and maybe about craft beer. Devastation on the Nation 2020 is upon us featuring Rotting Christ, Borknagar, Wolfheart, Abigail Williams, and Imperial Triumphant. This festival is brought to you by Metal Festival Tours, Continental Concerts USA, and yours truly, the Vox and Hops podcast. I am super stoked to be an official sponsor this year. And what a fucking lineup we got. The tickets are now on sale. You should absolutely grab yours if you want to go to this tour because some of the dates have already sold out. And I can guarantee you that more dates will sell out. So if you want to go to this tour, you want to come to Devastation on the Nation 2020, one of the year's best parties, best tours, you better grab your tickets now. You can do that via the link in the description of this podcast, or you could simply go to metalfestivaltours.com. As always, the best way to support the Vox and Hops podcast is by going to the Vox and Hops Big Cartel page. This podcast is a labor of love. It is not something I do for any financial gain. The whole purpose of the Vox and Hops podcast is for me to connect with fellow metal musicians, have great conversations, and then share those conversations with the rest of the world. It's also about sharing some of my favorite beers with the rest of the world. It's something that I've always done with my metal brothers and my metal sisters before starting the podcast. If you'd like to support the Vox and Hops podcast, you can go to the Vox and Hops Big Cartel page. Up there right now, we have the pre-orders for the When in Doubt, One More Stout t-shirt. This is another limited edition t-shirt designed by Andrew Tremblay, the graphic artist that designs all of the Vox and Hops merchandise. That shirt will be available for another few weeks, and then it's gone. You won't be able to get it again. You'll have missed the boat. So if you want the When in Doubt, One More Stout t-shirt, you better act quickly. We also have a few Vox and Hops cuffed knit beanies left. It's getting cold up here in Canada. You'll look great and you'll feel warm. We still have a few of the Vox and Hops branded 9-ounce tasting glasses, the exact style of glassware that I like to use when I'm at home drinking craft beer. Any support that I receive is greatly appreciated. It all goes back into the podcast to help uh, pay for my hosting, creating new designs, getting some beer for my guests, and getting the Vox and Hops alumni shirts printed and out to them. Today on the podcast, I'm with Ian Bear the vocalist of Rings of Saturn. Here it is, Vox and Hops, episode number 95. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Ian Bear, the vocalist of Rings of Saturn. Yes, sir. And we are recording this at Fufone Electric. This is actually my first Vox and Hops interview. In the downstairs of Foofs, I've done a few upstairs, one or two upstairs in the backstage, but it's the first time. Breaking the mold. Yeah, so uh, let's tell everyone a little about yourself. Let's go back into your childhood. <laughs> Getting deep in it. Always, right away. Deep in it. Growing up in your house, what music was playing? What would be the soundtrack to your youth? So basically, I grew up in a, a very, very, very like small town. It's called Ford City, Pennsylvania. Um, graduated with like less than 100 people. So it was very like backwoodsy and kind of just 
not a whole lot going on basically you just kind of had to like make your own entertainment make your own fun just go into the woods figure shit out <laughs> and uh just kind of see what happens out there um yeah basically you know uh, growing up um didn't honestly listen to a whole lot of music it was more or less just i guess what my friends had been listening to or like what i heard from like outside sources i never i've never been much like into listening i guess like my whole life i've been just very a huge fan of silence and which is odd because here i am in this hectic metal weird spacey vibe band going on so i guess yeah i just kind of kind of feel like uh creating more than listening i suppose how do you cope with that if you you appreciate silence so much living in this hectic touring lifestyle where silence is a very rare thing it's a it's kind of a breath of fresh air because at home like if i go somewhere like if i've got nothing going on it's just it's basically just yeah silence nothing crazy so it's it, it is nice to go on tour and kind of get thrown into this uh just world of chaos and yeah it really makes me appreciate home and then home like really makes me appreciate tour because both have um aspects that like can't really get with one another vox and hops is all about hanging out and drinking craft yes, beer sir. with fellow metal musicians today on the podcast once again we are having the boreal de Nord-Est. it is uh one of the best new england ipas up here in Quebec, it is uh, available here at Fluffs, and that's why we're drinking it. Here we are. Cheers. Cheers. It's delicious, creamy. That is delicious. We've actually been looking for a decent IPA up here. Well, this is uh, your go-to one for tonight. This is a great one. Yeah. Are you a craft beer enthusiast? I am, actually. I used to just kind of survive off of, like Bud Light and PBR for years, and then we had um, Jesse Bueller drumming for us for a minute. And he kind of turned me on to like, he's like, listen, you don't have to drink this like piss water. He's like, there's good beer out there with a higher alcohol content. So it tastes better and it'll expedite the process of getting drunk. <laughs> so you don't got to put eight hours into drinking 20 Bud Lights to get somewhere. <laughs> on that note, I have, uh, as I was coming here today, I was having a conversation with a Vox and Ops alumni, mm-hmm. Alexander Kendrick. Oh, yeah. And when you said you don't have to put eight hours of drinking Bud Light into it. There it is. He told me that I should ask you about how many light beers you have to drink in France. Oh, my God. So, Jesus. So him and I, Kendrick and I, uh, we were in Europe a few years ago. And they had these, like, they were just, like, little, like, normal Pilsners. They were, like, three and a half percent or something. And him and I, collectively throughout the night, we had gone through, I think, over two cases of these things. Like, I I had a full case. He had a full case. And then... I'm fairly certain that we started taking other people's beers because nobody wanted them. No one wanted to put the work into it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, him and I, are we're resilient and we're persistent. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it upwards of uh, over 50 beers between him and I. And then however many rogue ones were were kind of sacrificed in that process <laughs> so it, it's not an easy thing but we'll get there <laughs> take me back to that first bud light do you remember your first experience with beer i do i was um i was staying with 
uh, my best friend Nick and we were kind of we, we were pretty young I don't remember how young but um, his pap had like beers downstairs in the in the fridge and he had like a little flask locked away in this liquor cabinet and uh, you know we, we finally you know we found these beers we're like oh you know wonder wonder what the hell this does so we drank a few and we're like okay we're like this this is all right and then it kind of um, we went from having the Bud Lights like in Yinglings. I'm from Pennsylvania, so we're very fond of just Yingling sipping beers. And uh, once I got that, you know, we got that kind of taste there. Then I was like, all right. And I was like, I can probably fit my arm behind this uh, behind this door here, underneath this lock, and see what's in this like little metal flask. And, the temptation. Uh, yeah, he was, he was like curious, George. You know, I, I tried a beer, then I was like, all right, I wonder what, uh, wonder what whiskey is like, and then I wonder what vodka is like, and then I wonder what tequila is like, and then you just kind of go through the process throughout the years and find out what, uh, what hurts you, I guess, what liquors are punishable. So, yeah, I've, I've got it down to pretty heavy beers now and whiskey is what I like to stick to. I've had too many bad experiences with vodka, with tequila. You know, it's it's just stick to my dark liquor now. Take me to those go-to craft beers. What do you drink? What style? I like um pretty much like the higher alcohol content. I like uh, like double IPAs, uh, Imperial Stouts. I had a really nice Imperial Porter last night in uh, Ottawa, I think we were in. Um, but go-tos at home if I'm drinking heavier beers. Um, I, I do. I am a fan of La Fine de Mon. I think that's how you pronounce it. That is exactly how you pronounce it. Beauty uh, Brew, the, local pride. Yeah, the triple, triple Belgian. Those will get you, you know, 9%, 10%. You drink a few of those, you're feeling good. Um, I got turned on to Sours recently uh, just because it, it, it's they're just different to me. Like, it's not like the standard, you know, like wheat or like hoppy or something. It's like a different little tang in there that I enjoy. It's almost a little bit closer to wine almost. Yeah. It's more yeah. complex too. Yeah. Well, it's complex in a different way. Yeah. I'm a I'm a fan of sours. I've never been too into ciders. I know there's a lot of people out there that will drink like the Angry Orchard and just like hard ciders, but I don't know. It's just I don't want to taste apple juice if I'm like drinking alcohol. Like, well, let's know. touch on something. Uh, this is also directed towards Kendrick. What's up with White Claw? I'm in Canada, so I don't know what this is. So explain White Claw. What is it to me, and I, why does everyone love it? I personally, I've only had a handful of White Claws in my day. Um, I can. I'm not the biggest fan of them, but I can see the appeal to people. So they're. You know, most people will go to a bar, you know, get a PBR, get like a basic domestic beer, Coors Light to sip on. They're sitting around, you know, 4 or 4.2% with like calories and whatnot. And so now this White Cloth thing came out and uh, they're 5%. So like you got a, a decent like base percentage there. Um, not a lot of calories in them. And they pretty much just, they just taste like flavored water. But so, it gets you fucked up. But okay, it I get will it. Will wreck you. But I get it. I get it. I did. I got white claw drunk one time. Did it say white clawed? White. Yeah, I got clawed. I, <laughs> there I suppose. You go. <laughs> and uh, 
It's like a, for me, it's like a different feeling of drunk. Like, it's not like a beer drunk. It's not like a... What, what is in it? Is it malt liquor? I, I'm honestly not sure. The, we had a, we were actually trying to figure that out recently, whether it was like malt liquor. Someone said it's vodka in it. So that might be why, if it is vodka, that could That's be why, why it, fucks you it up, didn't yeah. like cope with me very well. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it is a different feeling. It's like, it's hard to explain, but it's, do you know, like LaCroix, like the, the seltzer water or like yeah, yeah, bubbly? Yeah. It's like drinking bubbly or LaCroix that just fucks you up. Like, and you don't even realize it's happening because like it just, it just tastes they go like, down so easily yeah, it just tastes smooth. like a okay. little drink. I haven't had one. I'll definitely try one if I get my chance, but I'm sure I'm going to appreciate craft beer much yeah, more. It's worth a shot. I much prefer craft beer, but you know. It's out there, so why not give it a try if you're able to? Do you think uh, Rings of Saturn could ever make a their own craft beer, like a collaboration with a brewery? What style beer would that be? That would if be you did? that would be amazing. Um, we've actually we're actually huge, huge fans of uh, it's called Surly in Minneapolis. Yes, absolutely. Awesome metal brewery, awesome beers. Um, if we were to, I don't know what it would be. If we were to kind of make a beer, I would want it to be like pretty punishing. Like I, I would want it to get up nine, ten percent. I think it would sort of have to because you guys are so extreme. Yeah, it's got to be. It's out gotta of this, meet, you guys are out of this world already. Meet the demand of it's like thirteen like percent. Of uh, yeah, triple triple IPA, triple IPA, or like a uh, triple Belgians. And what would you call it? Hmm, that's a good. That's a good question. Uh. I honestly don't know. <laughs> Ales do know. of Saturn. Ales of Saturn. <laughs> How about we go back to when you started screaming? Why do you scream in an extreme metal band? So, ironically enough, I I was never like too into metal at first, but I had friends that you know listened to like Lamb of God and Slipknot and stuff back in the day, and um, I actually started doing vocals, kind of making fun of it almost because i was like i was like oh all they're doing is going like and like i just did like a random noise and uh my buddy was like you know he's like that wasn't bad at all he's like i know you don't like it but he's like you might have like a weird knack for something and then sure shit i started to listen to it it started to like really grow on me i started kind of utilizing this weird talent for making strange noises and and here i am it just kind of snowballed into this whole thing that i never really expected to happen that's funny because uh, that's exactly how randy bly yeah started as well it? <laughs> from what i've read it or yeah i was just just dicking around yeah that's that's literally how it happened and what then, would be some of those early or who would be some of those early scream influencers um it started out like stand like lamb of god back in the day uh like slipknot i heard iowa from slipknot and i was like holy shit and i was like this is pretty gnarly and then i i kind of just like jumped from that kind of style into like at the gates and like early like even early white chapel or like stuff like that so i kind of once i once I started to listen to it, I kind of got out of that liking silence mold for a couple years. And then I, it kind of like, I wanted to like hone in my like kind of style and my sound and everything. So I listened to, yeah, I started listening to people and kind of getting this kind of collective of what the generalized like vocal repertoire would kind of be. 
and just tried to like mold it into my own kind of sound and uh, just kind of took it from there and and here we are. Now, how did you go about developing your voice, taking it from that joking growl to what you, where you are today? So it, I did a lot of, um, I used to have a, like a YouTube channel where I would do vocal covers of just, you know, a- anything that I could think of really or anything that I would attempt to cover. And it would just range from like a bunch of different uh, vocal techniques and like a bunch of different tones and, you know, things that things that I wouldn't even necessarily do in a song but still wanted to just be able to do it just to kind of strengthen you know different aspects of what I wanted to do um and yeah I just kind of took like a it was like a melting pot of just kind of things that I enjoyed or noises or tones that I have heard and just kind of tried to make it into one weird thing that kind of I try to like stick out as much as you can in in this industry and uh yeah just kind of who do you think is uh at the top of their game right now the most extreme most talented extreme vocalist there is there's so many good vocalists out there in like different aspects um yeah, it's really hard to say because so many people are so good at their own thing that it's really hard to pinpoint like a certain individual that's like really, really on top of it. There's the bar is like, I feel like the bar is so high nowadays for vocals than what it was like 10 years ago or so, just because there, there's so many extreme bands out there now. And it's because of your YouTube tutorials. They yeah, all the, the, the tutorials and everything. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like. Yeah, the bar is so high compared to what it was just because people growing up on this extreme metal, you know, now now it's just kind of, yeah, there's just so much going on. Well, I think it's because it's so much more accessible now. Exactly, yeah. People can, back in the day, you had to get handed that tape. Exactly. Now in the just... tape trading era, you know, you had to get that Chris Barnes so that you can get that influence. Nowadays, you just stumble into a rabbit hole. You have Spotify, you have iTunes saying you like this, you like this, and then it ends up being this fluid transition from from this guy to that guy, this influencer, that influencer. Exactly. I think you're right about that, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's hard to... It's hard to keep up with nowadays. Like, it, and even still, with, with as many like unique, extreme vocalists that there are nowadays, you know, there are a lot of kind of rehashed kind of, you know, like people doing the same thing. But there's also just this like outburst of just new and weird and like people trying, you know, different techniques and different tones and tongue positionings and everything just to just to try to you know up the bar even further and further so that's cool doing a headlining set i was standing with vox and ops alumni during your sound check kyle anderson and he was like i don't know how you guys do headlining (laughs) sets and i was like dude you just do it you just do it and you'll be fine (laughs) trust me but how do you stay healthy how do you tour and keep your voice healthy what is your approach to that i've honestly like strangely enough i've never for whatever reason i've never needed to like warm up or really worry too much about it like i I don't know why but i would just get on stage like do an hour-long set and just be fine for some reason like you just must have the right technique yeah however whatever i'm doing to 
to like yeah make these tones and make these these noises is it, like it's not exhausting like i'll get physically exhausted just from like playing the show and everything and but as far as like my voice and everything goes it you know it i'm just i don't, I don't know if i'm used to it or if i'm just have some sort of whatever i'm doing just doesn't really wear down on me and whenever we record albums um uh, I think the longest I've had to record an album is like two and a half days, three days. That's the longest that you've taken to record yeah. an album. So, wow. Well, that yeah, that's like the allotted time that I had. So like since I, since I've been in rings, I've just been used to doing like eight to ten hour days in the studio for like days at a time. So that might have something to do with it. Just like having like you have to do it like you know eight ten hours gotta figure out how to not fuck yourself up i guess it's a it's a weird thing and it, it it i wish i could explain it to other vocalists but i have no idea <laughs> what about uh in those times of silence do you scream is it something do you keep it warm your voice is it something that you use when you're not touring uh so outside of tour like my friend group and i we just make a bunch of we're just a bunch of fucking idiots like we just make weird noises like all day so it's not like i'm not necessarily doing vocals but i'm still like making these weird ass sounds for no reason whatsoever and it's still like working parts of the vocal cord and like still doing something so i'm not just like you know, it's not just talking all day. It's like weird sounds and whatnot. Just, just fucking off with my friends. At what point uh, would you like to start doing voices for like video games? Oh my god! Movie monsters, dude. I that is something I want to do so badly. Is there a scene in Pennsylvania where that could be possible? There, there's not much going on, at least where I live in Pennsylvania, to uh, to really capitalize on that. I've really got a, I really got to outsource and like figure out how to get my foot in the door for that that kind of thing because i would just absolutely love to do yeah monster noises and video games or just like movies or just like weird soundtracks for movies and stuff because you know if there if there's anyone out there that can make crazy noises it's like metal metal vocalists like so that's something that i would love to do i know uh travis from cattle to cap he's gotten he's gotten in there and it's fucking sick and, there's uh, a vox and ops alumni that lives here in montreal called sebastian carato and he is in charge of a whole monster squad where he directs other metal singers from montreal no, in, that's in so a sick. whole bunch of video games and a whole bunch of stuff yeah uh, that's, that's something i would love to do and i know uh james from uh black crown initiate he's been in uh like the skyrim oblivion game and i think he was just in the uh the new doom game coming out they they hired a bunch of metal vocalists to make like a Their metal choir, choir. Yeah, yeah exactly Sven from a border was in yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah so yeah people it's it's something that metal vocalists are starting to do and it's something that i want to be included in as from well what, from what i heard from Seb, what sebastian told me is that back in the day they used to like 
take a whole bunch of time in studio to mix together like a like a, a hippopotamus sound with yeah. an elephant with a gorilla to try to get a sound and then tweak it yeah whereas exactly. we could walk in and we could nail it and just do something we just nail it and on time so they don't have to edit anything so yeah if any if any video game people are out there hit me up yeah ian's all about it <laughs> i am if you could travel back in time and relive one tour that you've done because you had so much fun what tour what lineup would that be um let me think here i've had so many good times i've never had like a bad tour i think like even so like the the first tour i ever did i was i was literally fresh out of high school wow hopped on it was with uh aborted cattle decap and origin and uh first tour ever i like went into it with like stars in my eyes i was like oh my god i was like i'm finally going that's a great lineup too and yeah it was amazing lineup and uh it was a shit show but like <laughs> but like i still had a shit show in what, what so like, like like turnouts or no like the turnouts were great like the everybody had a great time but like we uh there was a previous member that like he crashed the van and like we got stranded in it's like illinois or something for like a week while the van got fixed and it like took every dime that we had just to get back on the road and then then our album got leaked and like it was just it's, it was just like one thing after another like something bad happened but like i still had an amazing time like i, w- I was like that first tour yeah i was like this is yeah. fucking great and i i really can't think of like my favorite tour i literally like every time i'm out i have a great time it's just amazing like meeting new people or meet or meeting up with old people that you've toured with prior and just kind of reconnecting with everybody that you haven't seen in a while and yeah it's i just make the best of it every tour and touring with people you sort of like become like metal brothers exactly yeah it's and like then sometimes it could be like nine months you don't see your metal brother yeah but then you hang out again and everything's exactly the same and i, I love that yeah. i love that didn't skip a beat and that's that's one thing that is so good about touring is that you just build this like giant awesome metal family and it's it's just amazing so yeah it's i make the best of it and i fucking love it i would can't think of doing anything else with my life right now and yeah i just love it man lucas is back touring with the band yeah 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 how do you feel about that it feels like so it feels complete now like We've got Joel Joel back on second guitar. He was the original second guitarist. And uh, we did, like, a three-piece band for a while, which, like, is not ideal, but we made it work. And uh, we flew in. Uh, we flew in a guy, Yosuke, from Japan for a couple tours to fill in on guitar uh, while Lucas when, was... When Joel couldn't be there. Yeah, well, Joel was there, and Kay. then Lucas couldn't be there. He had some stuff to figure out. So we flew in Yosuke, and that was great, just having a fourth body up on stage. It, it felt, like, lopsided, like, heavy to one side because there was nothing on. Well, that and Lucas is such a big, integral part of the band. Exactly, yeah. And having him back, I know the fans are excited. What, what were those times like when you're touring and he's not there as a three-piece that must have been strange it, it was really strange like it felt weird on stage um like the the vibe on stage was just like it, it felt like just a piece was missing because there was a piece missing and uh but yeah we just hucked it out and made it work and yeah now everything is 
I'm back to normal and it feels good. The shows have been great. Everyone's hanging out, having a good time. And uh, yeah, it's it feels complete again, which is yeah, awesome. And the fans, the fans must be happy to have Lucas back. Yeah, they are. They're very, very ecstatic. And uh, yeah, a lot of people missed him out there. So I'm glad he glad he's back at it, back ripping, and hope he's having a good time because I know I know I am. So, what about the missing basis? At what point are you guys going to be a full lineup? I I don't I'm not sure if Rings will ever have a live basis. It's been like I think it's been six years or so since we've had one. Um, what are some of the complications with having? A full band. I think we're just so used to just working with one another. At this point, it would just be like, like throwing a wrench in the mix almost. It's like we we've got it down. Like we've got our writing down to a science. We've got our you know live show mapped out the properly the way that we're used to and everything. So I think it would just be like a huge, a huge change that like we're really not ready for yet. So, yeah, we've got it dialed in the way that we like it and the way that we're comfortable with. Um, maybe down the road sometime, but, yeah, at the moment, it's just... It's like the perfect member falls from yeah, space. Yeah, yeah just yeah, fucking yeah. meteor crashes down in the middle of a show and he <laughs> crawls out of a pod. And I'm like, oh, there he is. <laughs> what about the lyrical process? How many, Are you involved with writing the lyrics? I write all the lyrics. Okay, yeah. so take me through your creative process. Do you receive music first? Or are you the type of guy that has like a book where you write lyrics? Are you a scribbler or? It's it's a little bit of both. Um, I'm always like jotting ideas down. Like if I'll have like a, a fleeting thought, I'll make sure to like write it down. Whether you know, if I don't have a pen or a pad, I'll just type it in my phone. Um, so I'm kind of constantly like collecting ideas even if we're not in like an album writing process i still like to have just something to kind of build off of whenever it comes to that point so yeah i'm I'm always coming up with lyrics um as far as like placing them for like the the patterns and you know the everything like where to put them they'll write they'll write the guitars and then they'll send the guitars out have the drums you know all written for that so i'll get the music and then i'll just kind of like sit down have like all my spreadsheets of like all these random phrases and random words and everything then i'll kind of like start piecing it together as sort of a, a collective thought and as far as the placement um when i hear like when i hear a guitar part or something that i want to put vocals to I do this thing, I call it like the scribble technique. So like I'll take a pencil and like I'll just make like zigzags with the with the syllables that I hear in my head. So like I'll just make a bunch of like weird little zigzags and then I'll go through count the zigzags and kind of match up match up the syllables with uh like phrasings that I'd had before. Yeah. And just kind of puzzle puzzle piece it That's in there. That's a really really good idea. That. So instead of like instead of trying to sit there and like make words fit and just like trying to figure it out, I just count it up, get my syllables, and then just kind of chip away at that and just place everything properly in there to. That's to cool. Fix it. That's cool. That's a really good idea. Yeah, yeah. If you could go back in time and bring yourself one CD, one digital album. And present yourself with it back when you were younger. 
that you would, you know, like advance your career faster, what would that be? It would probably be like one of the one of the albums that had got me into it. I would, I, I would have liked to have been into metal at an earlier age, so. I wouldn't place myself with something so extreme, so it might be like, it would probably be like early, early Slipknot if I was younger, just to like ease my younger psyche into this, this kind of extreme metal thing. Um, While still having some accessibility with it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, something, something not too crazy, but something that was still like a stepping stone for this, you know, this heavy industry. So yeah, I, I go like Iowa, just something like that, but earlier than I was able to access it or get into it. Yeah, nothing too crazy. <laughs> Ian, thank you so much thank coming you. and drinking a pint with me, being on Vox and Hops. Hell yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Buffalo. Hey, thank you all so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Ian, such a cool dude, such a great vocalist. Really happy that I got the chance to catch up with you, Ian. Just uh, love chatting with fellow vocalists, digging into their minds, digging into their techniques. It's uh, one of my favorite things to do, and it's something that I've done since the beginning of my career as a vocalist. I've always liked to uh, dig into vocalists, see where they came from, see how they got their techniques, sense out and uh, express some of my insecurities and see if they share them. So it's something that I've always done. So I love doing it on Vox and Hops and sharing it all with you. For the past two weeks, I've released the new Vox and Hops segment episodes on Tuesday called Vox and Hops Metal Brewer Talks. I love this segment. I have connected with metal brewers from around the globe and tasted their brews. It's something that I really enjoy, obviously. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing more of them. So if you are a metal brewer, which means that you like metal music and you brew craft beer, you could send me a message via the Vox and Hops social media pages, or you could simply send me an email to matt at voxandhops.com. That's M-A-T-T at V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S dot com. And I will uh, tell you how this works and we'll get it rolling. If you are a metal brewer, I want to talk to you. If you know of any metal brewers, please point them my way. I'm stoked to try beers from around the world, and I'm even more excited to speak to the people that have made them. I hope that you guys have a great weekend. Try to relax throughout this holiday season. Just kick back, enjoy your family, enjoy your loved ones, and remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsheads. It is now 2024. And the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>